Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Two Towns Down Brewing and their brand new Paisley inspired pale ale, These Streets. They are offering everyone who lives in the Remshire area free delivery if you order before the 8th of October and you use the offer code Paisley. Don't worry if you happen to be listening to this a bit later and you've missed out on the offer. It has also been served in fantastic bars in Paisley including Telford's, The Bungalow, The Gantry as well so get on that. Uh, use the offer code Paisley for free delivery if you live in the Remshire area. Uh, the link is in the bio and yeah, get on that and enjoy the show. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jarden. Hello. Ross Davidson. Hello. And Sam Smith. Hartman. Craig couldn't make it, he was away for a haircut so we got to do it. Uh, <laughs> a point at Easter Road, uh, we may as well get into it and the only man who was actually at the match out of everybody sitting here, Sam, tell us about the match. Uh, hi, it was a really good game, quite entertaining. Very much a game of, well, I was going to say game of both halves, but Hibs are good for 20 minutes at the start of the second. That was really it. Yeah, first half, I thought we were really good. We were unlucky maybe not to create a few more chances to maybe win more than one at the break. Uh, I thought we, we started off really well. It was very different for the United game. United game, I think I said, it was when we were on last week, that it looked as if every time United went forward, they were cutting us opening. I think sh- shifting McCarthy into the middle, Fraser hit left and Shaughnessy at right in the back three really worked again. And uh, Hibs really struggled to kind of get anything. I think they maybe had a couple of breaks through with McGuinness and Boyle, but nothing that the defence never dealt with. And then the goal was really deserved. Cracking a pass for Ronan, and funnily enough, that's what happens when your striker gets on the ball in the box. So more often than not, get the on target and score. Yeah. Hopefully it gets people off his back a wee bit because you can see how much it went to him when they scored. He was buzzing. So, in the uh, second half, I think the change 
came straight on. The Tannoy announcer was absolutely buzzing to see Scott Allen warm up, as was every single person in the stadium, apart from St. Burn fans, because he came on and changed the game. It was amazing. His pass through for McGinn's goal was a peach. He was persistent, and it wasn't a coincidence that when we get back into the game, it was when uh, we started to shut him down a wee bit and nullify him. But uh, that was a really good game. Yeah, good celebrations at the end as well with the goal. Mm-hmm. And we may as well talk about that goal and the slight annoyance. You'll have to tell us more about the pass from Ronan because every uh, highlight package doesn't include it. It starts halfway, like the ball halfway the way to Brophy. So, um, how, good, uh, how good the ball uh, was it? That was a cracker. I th- I'm not too sure who, but I think it might have been Newell. It was either Newell or McGuinness. I'd love it to have been McGuinness. <laughs> so we'll just say it's McGuinness. Uh, he dropped him, uh, just completely turned him, put a ball right in over the top of Portis. Portis had absolutely no idea. He was just constantly backpedalling after that, I think, as soon as Brophy got on and actually had a go at him. Much like when anybody uh, had a go at Portis, to be honest. I think he, he exposed his flaws really well. You know, a great defender when you have a go at him, like Brophy did in, in the box. You see what happens. It, was, it, took, it took the goal really well. It's quite a, a hard angle to score at. Macy's a good goalkeeper, he few cracking saves in Edinburgh Derby the week before he had a couple of decent saves in the game as well so he's not an easy keeper to beat it was a really really good goal from our perspective mm-hmm. Watching the SPFL highlights package as well saw Brophy doing pretty much the same thing I'm guessing a, a fairly short time before he actually scored as well although I don't know how early taking the ball down the left finding a bit of space um, leaving leaving Porteous for dead and, and turning him inside out but the shot the first time was a bit weaker so mm-hmm. you can can imagine that's something that we've picked up on from watching Porteous and he's been told to do specifically right, and he got his rewards There's something that we've always been telling Brophy to do because the last two weeks Brophy's been really good when he's come in uh, when he came in was that word uh, when he's been coming in off the wing he's been really good having a go at the full back and then the centre back after because he's got pace he's skillful as well He's strong, he doesn't really get shoved off the ball. So maybe him coming in off the left or coming in off the right is probably going to be how we're going to get the best out of him. Was it noticeable, Sam, just generally? Because obviously you don't really get a feel for how the actual game went from the, the highlights. Was it noticeable that we that Brophy was on his own and that we had a bit more in the middle of the park when we grasped being freed oh, up? Oh, aye, definitely. But I think, as I said to you just before we came on here, I think the main difference is having power back in the team. Power was... He was everywhere. I think that's obviously Jamie had said as well. He'd seen somebody was a bit critically in, but I thought after the dodgy touch he had in the first couple of minutes, he had a great game. His passing was really good. He started moves. He broke up the play really well. And when he had to as well, he does the dirty side of the game really, really well. And I, I think having McGrath and Ronan both in there, as opposed to having McGrath and Kilty, as we've tried before, it worked really well. Obviously, Ronan's a bit more of a box-to-box, so... You could tell that we were really trying to pass the ball rather than just lump it long and pick off balls for that Main was winning. But even when Main came on, we never went we never reverted back to long ball. We kept playing the ball in the deck and it really suited us. It's encouraging. Mm-hmm. I think I think Main the difference between like say Obika in Main was that Main can play a bit with the ball at his feet, where where Obika was mainly like the best. useless. <laughs> <laughs> the only way he could trap a ball was with his chest to be honest because <laughs> it wasn't at his feet um, so it's quite good that we, we can bring on a big man um, later on and we don't necessarily need to punt the ball up at him 
and we can actually play the ball at his feet. And I, I still hope Robocop gets a good goal sometime. Like I do, I do, I do like the man. I hope off the back of the the, the Hibs performance that we don't. All right, we can change it up, but we don't persist with Brophy up front in his own because I think it main could feel hard done by because I think he's been really good in every game he's played. Mm-hmm. Albeit strikers should be scoring goals, but I think Sam said last week, no, every striker's needs to score every Saturday, you know. It's a partnership forming there. I hope we continue playing both of them because Brophy and Main have both played well without getting that wee break. So uh, it's a shame to see a guy like Main sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. Main might be someone that's going to get more games against the, the bigger quote-unquote teams where you're going to have to kind of fight for scraps out there and, and we're not going to have the maybe the... I don't know the level of possession that we, we might get. I think if, if we're playing, you know, albeit I didn't really expect it to be Hibs first up, but if we're playing teams where we're confident that our midfield can hold on to it and Ronan's going to get a bit of space and be able to to pull strings and McGrath's going to then be, be freed up, then maybe having someone who's a bit more mobile and just sacrificing that physical mm-hmm. presence for, for something else. I, I hope there's a balance of it because, as you say, there's definitely going to be games where we're going to benefit from from Maine um, doing what he does and, and I think we've, we've already seen that without much end result unfortunately but I wouldn't cut up I wouldn't I wouldn't toss it in the bin at all I think he's he's definitely got a place um, I, I just wonder how often that's going to be the case if the results starting to turn comes with us keeping it on the deck as as everyone's been kind of making a bit of a, a fuss about so I don't know I, I think he might be an unfortunate victim of it it's not anything he's done personally It's it's more a victim of kind of balance elsewhere in the team. He was uh, he was good when he came on again and uh, on Saturday he had a couple of wee ones that he had won flick ons for Brophy again. Like stuff that was coming straight up, he's getting away in one touch, sending Brophy or Tanzer or Miller out either out in the wings and he, he does the simple stuff really well. It's just what happens when you're a footballer, unlike guys that we've had like Marias and Obika who had their strengths but they weren't particularly great footballers, they weren't good at moving the ball on to that their partners up front and it's I, I think main uh, you can tell Brophy enjoys playing with him as well because he kind of Brophy faded at the game for maybe 5-10 minutes and he was a lot more rejuvenated when when main came on because he's got somebody to do the hard yards for him I hope you know you've just absolutely murdered our mentions <coughs> with the fact that you mentioned that Junior Marias had his strengths he did have some aye. he, he was very that. strong I heard he could do a good bench press <laughs> his strength was right wing back and holding the, ball, holding the ball in the corner that was it <laughs> how, was, um, how was Reed, Sam? he never again people probably moan for saying this but he never done much but again it's not a bad thing to not do much and I think he never looked out of place at all his passing was a lot better uh, he started a few moves as well he run around the tackling was his timing was really good I think there was a couple of times McGinnis and Newell threatened to break forward and he, he took the ball straight off them. He was really good. He's no fear to, to stick a foot in. So, uh, aye, it bodes well. I do worry, though, that obviously for his age and his size, we can't really be playing him every week because there will be times he comes up against a, a bit more physical midfielders. Like, for example, if we, when we play Aberdeen and Sunday, we'll be up against Brown and Ferguson, who will not really hesitate to put the boot into him. They're bigger, stronger guys who've been on the block a wee bit as well. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. But no, you never, you never done any sell any harm again. I think. Uh, uh, sorry. 
he kind of, I mean, he, I mean, he used him sparingly, as you say, he's still a young lad and, and that, but for the United game, he looks quite a hardy player for such a young lad, that tackle in Liam Smith proves it, you know, he's not afraid to get stuck in. Obviously, Brown and Ferguson have been around the block a bit, the game maybe come too early for him, but he but, doesn't look like a frightened young lad in the middle of the park, he looks as if he can dish it out if he needs to, so if he's got that already at a young age, it can only get better with more games, you know, so um, it looks as if we've got a good player in their hands anyway. Plus the, doesn't look like a fifth year. Plus the persuasions of him and his family, which aren't too difficult to find if you have a, a, a small look. I'm sure he'd absolutely love to dish one out on Scott Brown. <laughs> so. Oh, I think the like one of the Irshard branches of the Orange Lodge will love if he put Scott Brown up there on, on Sunday. The only fear I've got mind when um, mind when that Hearts team turned over Celtic. And was it Harry Cochran? Was like 16, 17 at the time, and Scott Brown Aye. literally put him into a different postcode, mm. and he now plays for Wraith or something. Aye. Aye, he's, no, he's at fucking, I think he's at worse than that. He's at fucking Queen of the South or something. Oh, he, he hit him and knocked him down two divisions because he was playing for Montrose <laughs> last year. <laughs> <laughs> he looked, uh, obviously, don't want to digress too much, but he looked like as if he was going to be a right talent and then just disappeared, you know? Aye. His ankles disappeared and Scott Brown booted him. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him playing against Aberdeen, to be honest. Just down to the, the Ferguson and Brown factor, it's just they'd swallow him, swallow him up, and it's such an important position, middle of the pitch, isn't it? So. Erhun tends to get a bit of joy against Aberdeen, so you wouldn't be surprised at all to see him come, mm-hmm. come back in and lash one into the top bin from 35 yards. That'd be nice. As he does. <laughs> um, should probably talk about the, the goals we conceded. I think I, I saw a few people saying that the, the first Hibs goal wasn't offside, like that got disallowed, but it, the more of oh, it, definitely, it, was, it definitely is. Like, and also the thing yeah. is, why did was it Nisbet? Why did they touch it? Because it was going in. Yeah. Aye, it's, it's stupid. I, I don't know even, uh, I don't think it was more for the touch as well. I think actually by the rules, he stopped Danik going for it. Mm. So if he's impeding the goalies, line of sight or whatever his action is it technically counts as offside so fuck it get it on them <laughs> and then and then their actual goal when it was Paul McGinn um, the ugliest of the McGinns um, <laughs> he it was it was kind of it was just sort of poor defending really like the ball was like sort of ricocheting about and eventually found a way to, to him which is Oh, the, the the pass was a, a screamer. Oh, yes. Found its way to Scott yeah. Allen first. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I meant. Yeah. Now. <laughs> you can understand this. why the, the right. kind of dregs that Shaughnessy, McCarthy and Fraser show up against week after week, you can kind of expect why they wouldn't be anticipating a perfectly dropped yeah. dipping Aye. ball with spin onto the foot of the kind of hidden right back. I, I get it. I think um, that's got to be the, the kind of very, very low percentage ball at that point and I think it would take someone like like Scotland because it's not floated if it's floated then you know he's, he's going to get covered someone's over there he, he perfectly whipped it so that it drops with pace to where McGinn hits it and I'm, we are in danger of becoming a Scott Allen podcast at this point but right. it was a it was a spectacular yeah. pass and sometimes you do just need to sit back and say like fair enough and the only person in that stadium that's seen the pass was Scott Allen he's just that's his game isn't it mm-hmm. just genius passes like that Aye, just dialed in, knew it was doing. It just uh, leaves me a wee bit gutted that that dealing at the end of the transfer window didn't go through. What could have been? You know, th- thinking about 
there's a deal we were potentially getting, which if you think about it, some some bit of business we were would have potentially been, going to get. You really know? would have been. I think I think even I would have stopped myself from calling Jack Ross a snake if that had happened. Like I, I never yeah. will stop, but that would have made me like just sort of hesitate slightly before going on with that's it. not uh, funny anymore, uh, Jamie. Before we, it's not funny to call him a snake anymore. I don't like before we. I think before we move on, what needs a fucking mention was Jack Ross's outrageously bad outfit. Oh, I don't know if any of you seen it. He had a grey jacket with a dark green jumper, a white shirt, mini tie, black trousers, no socks, and white trainers. He sounds like a pedo teacher. Fucking scandalous how he gets away with dressing like that. A grown man with a fucking suit and white trainers on. Like just to clarify, Jamie, is that a teacher that is? A pedo or someone that teaches <laughs> teachers how to be one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems as if the student physios can address them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They've actually got a female physio. Well, of course. Based in <laughs> Why Edinburgh? else would he be at Hibs? <laughs> Allegedly. Sir, Allegedly. Lucas Leva, unlucky gift now. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously not nice to throw about accusations at He's a married man. Aye, that's... Yeah, Especially when you take us the podcast, <laughs> uh, I know. Let's not discuss that any longer. No. But Jack Ross is a snake, you know. That will no, never stop. Shut up. I loved how, like, when we posted that on Facebook, there just an argument appeared that like, people hadn't even listened to the podcast, but they were just arguing in the comments. <laughs> well, Jack Ross isn't a snake. He saved us. And, like, mate, it's just a joke, Camden. Well, it's a joke from truth. It's funny because it's true. Um, <laughs> the. <laughs> We may as well talk about the penalty decision. Like that was complete and utter naivety. From, like uh, Miller there, especially. Do you know what's so annoying about it is Portis was already like whistled by the referee. Like, look, you need to stop the pushing. So the referee was sitting staring at them to make sure he wouldn't foul, and ended up get being fouled. It was like a lot of people were moaning at Portis for that, but that's just clever playing. Matt Miller really, really should have done a lot better there, and I'm hoping. He, you'll learn from that ah it was crazy it's, it was a stick on penalty it's, it was akin to see where um, a ball goes out for a corner and it's an obvious mistake and then the corner comes in the ref blows free kick mm-hmm. I think you, that's the kind of same situation you knew as soon as that was getting taken Portis was going down and there was going to be a penalty mm-hmm. if Miller continued to do what he was doing and he, he must have been the only guy but then he realised that he was just seconds away for giving away a penalty mm-hmm. don't know what he was thinking about just really naive <clears throat> I had put a bit of a, a stain when it was a really good performance by Big Miller he, he looked uh, absolutely tubed when he came off but uh, it's to be expected he's not played football for since March April time so but he, he had a really good game he was strong defensively uh, it was just it was just stupid just to I think Portis was on his way down uh, as soon as Miller took the hands off but it's not the point you don't you shouldn't be Mm-hmm. Dragging him and pulling him. Smart for Portis though, playing 3D chess with the referee. <laughs> with that one. Get the eyes on, get in for a penalty. Mm-hmm. Genius. I'm, to, I'm willing to give Miller another two or three weeks of like rustiness as a as an excuse right. for stuff. Um, before you start to wonder why a guy in his mid twenties doesn't know that the guy who's already trying to con a ref a ref penalty out of the ref is like a hundred percent try to bundle into his arms for a quick spin so that he can get one. Mm-hmm. But fair play. There's a, I mean, 
the more experienced guys in the defence should have maybe identified that and, yeah. and switched up pack told Miller back. to pass him on or mm-hmm. if maybe Big Show uh, Big Joe uh, Big Show the big, big show. Uh, the big show. I was going to say big Joe. Well, it's the big show. Well, it's the big show. Maybe I uh, passed it, it on and, and dealt with Portis himself and maybe penalty wouldn't have been given, you know. Mm-hmm. Do- did Dodge uh, play? Or is he still? I made a total after that. <laughs> no, Dodge wasn't there. It was just uh, just Nisbet who... Uh, in the first half, McCarthy, I had completely forgot that he was right footed because uh, tried to play him on his right foot for some strange fucking reason and really let him run all the way in. <laughs> Just was, if, uh, lucky big Joe was behind him. If um, if Dodge isn't on the pitch, then you've got to pick out Porteous as their most likely man to get oh, his yes, head on uh, something, and, and you shouldn't uh, believe in, regardless of the fact he's six foot nine and built like a brick shit house, you shouldn't believe in your right back to, to mark him at a corner. I should have put one of the centre yeah. halves on him. Especially, especially after, after the goal. Yeah. Especially yeah. after the goal that got disallowed, it was Portis, Ishida. It was a, mm-hmm. a free header. I think Miller let him go the first yeah. time. And as Ross said, get one of the main experienced guys on him. Because I don't think Shaughnessy would have been thrown about the way uh, Miller was. But aye, as uh, Mark says, just keeping the benefit of the doubt, still settling in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning the Scottish game and the trickeries behind it. Um, then, obviously... The, the man of the match, the man of all the matches, um, stepped up. The captain, showing his leadership, got the goal. Big show. Aye. The big show. The big Aye. Joe. Big show. My, my only gripe bit is the fact that all the people that celebrate his goals fucking hated him last I year. Know. So I feel like the I feel like the only person who was entitled to celebrate that goal in the stadium was me. So <laughs> Maybe that's who he was pointing to, Sam, when he was running away. He fucking he pointed at if he pointed at me, my knees would have been very weak. I wouldn't have been able to run down the front as quick as I did. I did, I did enjoy that. Like, is it Kieran Rag on Twitter pointing out him getting huckled by the steward as he tried to get to the, the front that made it onto the highlights package. Aye, it was, uh, it was a great goal though, again, but uh, another belting delivery for Tanza. I think we're getting used to saying that all the time. He's crossings, just he always, always, always finds his man. I think a lot of people were worried about what would be like with uh, Dermis, but I think Tanzer's already on more assists than Dermis had last year, so we're only about six games into the season. Uh, it was a cracking ball, and see if you actually watch the highlight before it, it is really funny, because I think it was Doig who has a holder, Shaughnessy, and Shaughnessy kind of drops a shoulder on him, like a seasoned striker. <laughs> he, does a, he does a cracker. He's really, he's really, really, really good at uh, going forward as well. It wasn't it? it was, it wasn't as if he had to stay up. He probably should have went back, to be honest. Uh, Hibs looked as if they were going to break before Brophy took the ball. And uh, aye, he stayed up. All credit to him. Right in the far corner. Cracking celebration as big, well. Big man reads the game so well. He knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Brilliant delivery, as you say, for Tanzer. You can watch that all day long. I don't think he's over hit across once. No, it's, it's not in his system. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's brilliant. For all the, the kind of... Patter we were giving about Scott Allen. I think it was him that left him <laughs> to run into the box. And, but, <laughs> I think uh, um, the, <laughs> not really knowing what the build-up was like for the goal. Um, is there anything to be said for the fact that Shaughnessy's playing wide in the back three just now, and that's maybe freeing him up to do what Fraser was doing last year and ghosting into the box like like that, a, or was it was it in their half for a fair bit before the goal? 
It was it was in that we had a free kick just before it, uh, and that was how it broke. But I think you could tell that the the reason that Shaughnessy is on the right hand side is to accommodate McCarthy because McCarthy can't play either wide right or wide left of the back three. He's just not very good at mm. it. Uh, the highlights missed it. One of the a really really good run for Fraser, uh, who might I think he done. He took the ball off Nisbet, took it by him, took it past Boyle, but past Doyle Hayes. And left the ball out wide for Brophy and we got a corner for it but uh, now the highlights never really done as justice you would watch them and kind of think we were hanging on but it wasn't the case at all we were really 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 good made the wee fright at the end with Scott Allen hitting the post after the wee deflected one off a power but nah, the highlights kind of done as dirty missed it a lot of stuff that we done well stunning volley from Big stunning volley from Big Joe against the crossbar as well it's just that striker's instinct. The big man was celebrating that, going in, I think he could have had a tap in. <laughs> big, <laughs> big man had these arms in there and then realised it came off the bar. Um, I, I think Kyle seen, came on and played was, well, which is He did. He also surprise. could have won the he could have won the game. I don't know I don't know if it's in many highlights back. Do you think it might be on the the Sky Sports one on on Twitter? He came on and he took the ball out wide, done doig, and he should have just kind of tried and placed it in the corner any bit of power a bit of placement would have put it in he just hit it straight to the goalkeeper but again he looks world class up until he shoots every single time so well Jose Kodongo could skin a lot he just he, he glides past folk and it's, he's really good at it. he's good at taking his man on when, he's, when he can be arsed and, but that's his and to be fair that's two weeks in a row he's actually come on and made an impact so Again, fully expect them to do absolutely fuck all on Sunday against Aberdeen cricket. So, I would like to give a special mention. I wish I, c- I could remember the person that was that actually tweeted us it saying, uh, "Joe Shaughnessy's shite and so's your podcast." Uh, get up, <laughs> and then I, 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 did put, I did put out a well, cheeky at least he's fifty percent wrong. <laughs> I, I did put out the cheeky thing saying, "Remember when we were." Um, when you were all calling him shite and we were the weirdos for praising him. Fair play to Ryan K- Craig who replied, I do, and I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, here we go. Just I just, just accept it. Yep. Like, as, as I said when I put that picture of me, Martin Ross up, you're right and you're wrong. It's the natural order of things. <laughs> I'm still trying to recover for that night. Out. That was funny. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing that now, you'll be getting cancelled. Moving on, uh, we've got Aberdeen on Sunday. I think Curtis, I know we were talking about Curtis Main, but I'd like to see him start because he's got to be a shoe in to score against them, especially the way their form's been going. Aye, big, big Curtis is a shoe in. Uh, Probably not even just for that as well. I think uh, Aberdeen's defence is there to be got at. I I think. uh, Bates is a decent defender, but he's really lightweight. And Declan Gallagher's always kind of struggled with a more physical opponent if he plays. So I haven't mind seen if we if we went the main up against the two of them. It's open season for cart horses that were shite in Aberdeen to score against them. With Stevie May scoring the the winner last week as well. So mm-hmm. oh. every chance of getting a result there and a poor in a poor way. I don't know. I did. Uh, Fans are too happy. And, uh, their managers in danger. Of, and a bit of bother if they don't if they don't beat if, if we were to beat them a lot of people are calling three seed already which is obviously a bit wild given it's only it will only be seven games in at that point but nah, it would be good to put a bit of pressure on them they were a wee bit over reliant on um, that Christian Ramirez when he first came in he was obviously scoring all the goals but he's kind of hit a, 
poor patch, which is annoying for my fantasy team, but <laughs> uh, I'll keep him in there just in case because I know what happens with goal scorer strikers that are on a dry spell and they come up against us. I've got uh, Kyogo and Morelos up front in mind, and they're both injured. <laughs> <coughs> How unlucky can you get, man? You just really want to wear that Junior Mariah shirt, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now nah, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, no, every chance, uh, Sam says it, our defence, particularly our two centre-halves, only too, too clever in my book anyway. I don't don't get the hype with Declan Gallagher, to be honest. Um, and Bates is a half-decent ball-playing defender, but he's pretty lightweight for such a big guy, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can get a bit of, bit of joy out of uh, Brophy and Main up front. I, 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 I think so. No, I, I think so. I think they're they're hundred percent there to be got at if you see some of the goals that they were conceding in the against the dregs and minimums that they were playing in, in Europe there. They're not they're not solid at the back and for all Scott Brown's Scott Brown, he's what, thirty six, thirty seven? And he's in beside a couple of complete haddies, so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be stressing too much about them. I think we've got every reason to expect a performance like was that the first time we played them last season when Dermot scored the winner? Mm-hmm. Was that, was that before? Or was that the previous season? It's been so was that the year before? I think it was, aye, I think it was fans in. I don't think we've got anything to be to be scared of, particularly if we play like we did in the weekend. I think Hibs look better than, than Aberdeen. So. Aye, definitely. But it's always typical St Mirren there. Quite typical Jim Goodwin sometimes after we've been had a good result, he kinda doesn't he alter the team he more or less go do the same thing rather than playing to <laughs> rather than kind of trying to attack areas that the other teams are poor at. But we'll see. Yeah, it, it was pretty balls that you go one up front away at Hibs. So, aye, fair play to him. Hopefully he sorts out for this Sunday as well. He does have it in his locker every now and then. When you start losing a wee bit of faith, he'll make a tactical decision that you're, you kind of go, why do you do that? And then by the end of the game, aye. you kind of go, oh, fuck, that's why. For, for example, starting a midfielder, McAllister, Erahon and McPherson away at Celtic Park. So, Who'd have thought him? Did did um did Jet have a good game against us for Livy last year? I can't no, remember. No, I don't think think so. Fat bastard, aren't they? <laughs> He's no that good. No, uh, so that was a really See, yeah. decision. I don't know. I, I I do think he is good. There's clearly ability. There is stuff he can do that's ridiculous. That he's goal against Rafe Rovers. The technique was phenomenal. And that he's got a really good touch. But I just don't think he can be asked. I think he's just there to collect the biggest paycheck he can get. Still going. Nah, I, I, I'm not really worried about him. I think big, the big Joe ragdoll him. <laughs> I like this new nickname. Um, nah, please don't make it a thing. I made one mistake. It'll <laughs> <coughs> be the name of the podcast. Uh, as I've already written it down, unfortunately. <laughs> so, just <laughs> uh, what happens. Um, predictions, predictions. What is your score prediction? I'll go with a positive 2-0 oh. to someone. Oh, uh, <laughs> 3-1. Oh, I think our luck might turn in front of a goal and the Jet will score. 2-1 Saints with a Snyder-Lewis-Ferguson penalty. Mm. See, I was going to go with a 1-0 and an absolute Snyder of a penalty for us because we've not had one of them in a while and we're due it. Should, we, should, should have had one on Saturday but it was uh, good to see that Big Curtis 
He's clearly been listening to the podcast. It was a wee bit of a dive. I was very chuffed, delighted to actually see him try for it, to be honest. No, 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 no diving at this club, thanks. No, all oh, the dive. We've got to play to our strengths here, Ross. <laughs> aye, we've, we've got to get, I think, I bring in the contact like Colin Quena last year. We'll be fine. Get more, get more soft penalties, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Erwin was even good for that, so we just need... Whoa. He must be doing I, I, something in training to pass that knowledge on. I fucking genuinely forgot Lee Irwin existed until you mentioned him there. <laughs> I, I, I've been delighted with the fact that he's not even, he wasn't even near Edinburgh and stuff. That was the best part of the, actually being through there. I'm genuinely Just, surprised the club. He must be on like a decent wage, otherwise we would surely have paid him off or came to something. Uh, right. Surely Kelly will want him back or something. When does right, the Iranian transfer window shut? <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, we will be back after this. I am John Obika. You're listening to the Misery Hunters podcast, and we're back. <laughs> uh, over to you, Mark. It's your moment of the show. Here we are for the nice and friendly unpopular opinion section, where we share the the genius and intellect of our fan base at large on a variety of topics, and no one ever says anything stupid. <laughs> First up is potentially the most stupid opinion that anyone's ever sent into the podcast. At W4 West Bank, black pudding shouldn't be in a pie, a sandwich or a roll, not a pie. There I said it. And let me be the first to say you are top of the queue for a fuck the West Bank at the end of the podcast after a comment like that, because that is shocking. Black black pudding is absolute top tier and it should be everything. Absolutely everything. Aye, I, I've had black pudding on a pizza before, but it's, it's pudding's tremendous. That tweet's just Aye. the ramblings of a sex offender. The only <laughs> place I don't want, <laughs> the only place I don't want to find black pudding is in my drawers. <laughs> I would honestly have <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I remember was it my Christmas night out a, long, a while back? We went to that uh, Genova in like Glasgow Road. And they had like a place. Uh, pasta Scotia, which was like, um, it had haggis and black pudding through it. And it was oh one of the best pastas I've ever had. And I went there the other week and I'm quite sad that it's not on the regular menu. So if anyone listening that happens to work there, please bring that back. Oh, it's like a black pudding. Uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. I just had a phenomenal black pudding salad at the Butterfly and the Pig ones. So if it can go in a salad, it can go in a pie. It can go anywhere. It, it just goes with everything. If you, if you no buy dish. a roll, uh, there's no dish that wouldn't be improved by black pudding. There was a, Aye, like a, any any roll you can think of. A rolling egg with black pudding instantly. The black pudding makes it ten times better. Black pudding baking, mm-hmm. black pudding tortoise scone might be a wee bit dry, but um, like uh, was there no an article not so long ago that black pudding was like actually a superfood and it was really good for like weight loss and shit? So. Well, it's, it's a super I can, uh, pretty I solid evidence that it is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Mark. I can testify. Yeah, uh, uh, roughly thirty-one years of proof that it is. But <laughs> I really, no, like, by all means. I really miss. My, my dad used to work in uh, the air ambulance, and um, he would used to like have people waiting on the runway with Stornoway black pudding for him. Anytime he was up that those parts, and that was a good time. He used to come back with loads. The freezer used to be absolutely packed. But I'd like to go back to those days. Simpler times. Why the the public post going to good use? It sounds. <laughs> I mean, there was always like, a patient to be picked up as well. It just happens to... The guy was like, why are you stuffing all my bed full of black pudding? <laughs> oh, Mr. Johnston, you've taken a wee tumble in the black pudding shop again. How unfortunate. <laughs> you get that air ambulance called. 
<laughs> if McDonald's announced they were putting out a black pudding McFlurry, oh, fuck yeah. I'd be there I'd for the drive-thru opening. Even no, just a black pudding burger and that. Like, see when you go to like places like Spain or like I remember being um, went to Amsterdam and they had like a, a Dutch like McDo- like McDonald's burger that was just made to their style. Why don't we have that in Scotland with black pudding on it? Someone see in McDonald's that. market <clears throat> department needs. There's, uh, there's moments in Amsterdam where you would eat any old shit. <laughs> really, <I'm not> so. <laughs> uh, I had that when I was in Amsterdam. My mate, my two mates, two years in December 2019. Yeah, 2019. I'm like, oh my gosh, now. <laughs> uh, we, we spent, I think I can go back and look in the Uber Eats, 94 euros at McDonald's for three people. <laughs> that is spectacular. And, uh, absolutely every part of it. <laughs> I did, right. Just uh, that's McDonald's. Just let pigeons roam about <laughs> the place. I remember being absolutely steaming in Prague, and we went in at like two in the morning. And like because they don't use euros, it's that Krona. You're like you think everything's cheap. You're thinking it's like pesetas, and they had some like night meal thing that you could buy, and we're like brilliant. Let's get that. And it's like five burgers in it each, and all that. And fucking the next day, you're going. That was like twenty three quid, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of finding out there was a mix your own um, it was a, bur- a burrito place or something on the way back to our hotel in Amsterdam so I'm pretty sure my Revolut app had the same <laughs> the same burrito place at 4am three days in a row <laughs> a <laughs> black, black pudding burrito oh. Oh, there we go but to end the black pudding one that's nonsense mm-hmm. yeah that's unanimous <laughs> Absolute nonsense. That's, that's as close to a unanimous rejection that we've had on this podcast so far. So the, the only time we've well ever all unanimously agreed on something. Yeah. Other true. than Joe Shaughnessy so, being a god. Yeah, exactly. Ginger Mariah's been shot. <laughs> well disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Second opinion at Meda Minded, which I can proudly say came to the podcast through my Third team links to small junior team Irvin Meadow down here. Open up the pyramid to more progressive clubs. Flush out the dross from League Two. Kind of follows on from what we were speaking about last week, where I don't think there's too many teams in the league, but I think there's definitely teams that could get the get the polite custard and get told to fuck off. And there's That's teams nice. now throwing a bit of money about, like your Kelties and and so on, that will yeah. gladly take spots and maybe shake things up a wee bit. I think they've already kind of opened it up as much as they can. You see, we kind of St Peter's and Glenvale and, and guys, uh, teams like that, and, and Paisley kind of going professional and joining the bottom of the, the pyramid. And I think there's every chance, given time, that they could reach the professional leagues, you know. Um, I, I think the idea over the last few years is, has been really good. And you've seen teams like Kelty replace Breakin, which is a positive for in anybody's mind, mm-hmm. uh, other than Breakin fans, I'd imagine. I think as the years go on, you'll see more and more ambitious teams like that um, going up the ranks and, and kind of staying in the, the professional game, and that's what we want to see. When Darvel right. FC eventually make it, will they have Black Rooster at their stadium? That's the question. I think uh, Black Rooster with Black Pudding. Oh. Talking, about, uh, oh. talking about Darvel, there we were, me and my mate were talking about uh, them on the bus. Saturday and it's funny he said that because he said he reckons it'll be two or three years before their owner just gees up when they're still sitting in the junior divisions I think they're also not that good 
the tax well. man come, comes a calling one of the two <laughs> Aye, is, the guy, um, is it not the guy behind Browning's that used to do the Kelly Pies that owns Starvel? Yeah. Or the Bankrolls and the guy that And the guy for the that, Kelly. that owns Black Rooster. Aye, he's a manager. Yeah, and, he, and he's using his own finances to buy plates. Good, <laughs> it's good to know that legend. the last Perry Perry burger that I bought is paying for Ian McShane's wages. I forgot it's a scary thought. <laughs> that I and Jordan Kirkpatrick as well. Yeah. Uh, nah, I, I think the I think the only thing that I don't really like about the pyramid thing is it's pretty it's quite unfair on the teams that win the leagues because obviously they've got to play a game. The Highland League winners play the Lowland League winners, and then they essentially get rewarded with trying to beat the bottom team over a two-leg tie. But the bottom team should really just be kicked straight out. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be rewarded with a chance to stay in the league for being the worst team in the the forty-two. I think they should, probably should just go straight down and the winner of the Highland and Lowland League should should go down. But I think there's plenty of ways to make it a bit more exciting, like have an actual full-on playoff system for it. But I think with Neil Doncaster in charge, that's probably as good as we're going to get for the next few years. I think it's good it spreads things out a bit. I think, I'm sure I mentioned this when we were talking about it last week or the week before, but the fact that Cove are now in the league, where the North East is pretty barren in, in football terms, I think getting another team in there beside Aberdeen and, and Peterhead's a good thing. It disrupts the, you know, the kind of centralised mm-hmm. rammy of teams that there is for now. I, I think what you were saying there, Ross, about Paisley finally having two, two junior Three. teams. You know, it's who's the third? Glenny Thistle, Glenn Vale, and Peters. Of, of, I didn't realise Glenn, Glenn Thistle had gone, had gone on as well. But that's a, I mean, a town our size should have other options for for so long. It's been you know Arthur Lee or Johnston's mm-hmm. been here depending on what side of the town you're on. So I think that's all positive. If it, if it makes more teams size up a bit and makes all of these leagues a bit more competitive, then I'm entirely all all for it. It's the shake-up I think we've needed for, for quite a long time. And as long as we can keep cult teams the fuck away from it, then mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's a, a net positive. Yeah, I agree. For sure. So after the disappointment of the, the black pudding question, we can all agree with, with this one. And it wasn't from a Simon fan. So I'll, I'll leave it there as to what that says about the intelligence of some fans, but we'll move on. These are the views of Mark Jarden and not the Miserables podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that's going to come with an apology. So uh, Third up, at Alan Thornley, Ryan Gold wouldn't improve the Scotland squad. Nonsense. I don't know, are you I'm not having that at all. Sam, a member of the Scots Abroad podcast here. Yeah. Uh, no, I just I don't really I don't see why no given Ryan Gold a go considering the clear flaws that we've got going forward at times I think the position he plays when you watch the clips him playing and you kind of watch that listen to him speak listen to his manager speak he plays just in behind the striker contributes with goals I think he's in a really good run since he's went over the MLS albeit it is the MLS and Lewis Morgan's a standout over there but uh, I think there's definitely he should be given a chance. I think we've given worse players than him mm-hmm. a go. I always, I think the best way of thinking about it is like, see when we're going to bring a player off the bench, who would you rather see come on, Ryan Gold or Kenny McLean? No offense to Kenny McLean, but I don't think it, like he's not good enough for the Scotland squad, and I'd rather see someone like Gold have that opportunity come on instead, even if it's just an think- impact sub he gets used for. Like there is a use for him in our in our squad. I like the look of Gold. I'm not criticising him, but I don't know that I agree in terms of of depth. I think if he's coming on, you're looking at a very specific set of players that are maybe going to come off. So 
First up's probably Christie. Would you play Gold instead of Christie? Maybe. I don't know that. I don't think I would. Would you play him instead of Turnbull if Turnbull's playing further forward? I don't think I would. I would think, you I play him we... in front of Armstrong being that further forward? I don't. I don't know that I would. So I, I think he's just would, he's would, fourth or fifth choice for that position. I just don't see who he gets in ahead of. Would Ryan Gold have cleared that ball against England? That's probably. True. I'd certainly have him in over Christie. I, I agree with that. Say. I don't think. I really Christie. don't think Christie's international class <clears throat> I think that's I think that's harsh on Christie although he's had a poor a poor spell under under Lennon I think you were seeing flashes of what he's capable of for the first few weeks that he played at Celtic under I, th- I think under it's Big Ange if you, if you yeah, and there's, there's the argument that if he's not playing well at the time for Celtic and Ryan Gold's playing out his skin in mm-hmm. Portugal and continue yeah. to do it why do you not pick him Mm-hmm. Instead of the tried and um, Christie that's no gave you anything for six months, and I think it also says a lot that Ryan Christie, if if he was the player that we're sp- supposed to believe that he would be, why is he what? Why is he signed for Bournemouth? Like why is he not? Uh, like, why is he signed for Vancouver? Like it's uh, not. Well, Vancouver offered them fucking like over a million, uh, two million a year or uh, something like that. So, I but Vancouver playing a league where Johnny Russell's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Like I don't know yeah, that no. there's. I like, I like Johnny Russell. I think he should still be in the Scotland squad. I, I, I felt I, I felt terrible for Johnny Russell when he used to get called up, take him over, sit on the bench <laughs> for two internationals, and then go straight back over. I think uh, the where gold is similar to the one about um, Billy Gilmer at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's, he's too young, maybe not good enough. Who does he replace? Who does he come in and play better than? Don't know until we call these guys up and then look at Gilmer now. All right. There's a huge gap between Gilmer's talent and Gold, or maybe not, depends who you talk to, but give a guy a game and see if he fits in. Gold could be the missing link that we've all wanted in behind the strikers. Or I just <coughs> the argument is to get him called up to see that he would improve the team. And yeah, I think he needs to be called up. What are you missing by not calling the guy up? I just he don't should have been in the squad by now. Yeah. He should definitely have been in the squad. And in my, my Whether... opinion, if he starts, he would improve your eleven. I think. But under under current COVID rules, we can't actually call up anyone from the MLS, can we? No, I, I, I think I, I don't know how much of that actually had to do with maybe not making the last couple of squads. Mm-hmm. It's the same as well. The one for the Euros with the one man extended, you'd have maybe thought he had a good chance, but I can't remember who he called up instead. I think it was Patterson, Gilmore, and I can't even remember now, to be honest. But I, I'm just, I don't know why we've never really gave him a go. Hopefully we see him in soon though. He's still young, he's only 24, 25. 24, I think. Aye, relatively young. He's still got plenty of years ahead of him. So. Well, we're talking about the MLS. Can we talk about how funny it is that Stuart Finley went over there and can't get in the Philadelphia defence? Uh, this, this has shocked me because Stuart Finley was past your here. So. <laughs> Scotland hero Stuart Finley. To give me a name. And Danny Wilson's still playing out there as well. Is it Colorado he was at or something? Colorado. Aye, the Colorado Rapids it was he was at, aye. Ironically, if, uh, if anyone hasn't before, go and watch Chris Boyd's mattress advert that he did when he played for Portland Timbers. Because it is, he's got, he's got a, a speaking voice when he's been recorded that's about as professional sounding as James English. <laughs> Sounds like he's been held hostage. This is, a, this, I'm sure, in the Boyd one, there's a wee, he says something with a wee American twang as well. Yeah. I certainly know about how, hitting the back <laughs> of the net. I drew McIntyre over. <laughs> Talk about great value. <laughs> World class. So I think that's a kind of half and half 
agree, agree, disagree, or maybe I'm outnumbered and mine goes should be in the Scotland squad and I'm an idiot. But yeah, yeah, right, okay. That's it. Decided. Well done, Alan. You've you've beaten me. <laughs> Fourth opinion at Caldwell Ten MC. Ryan Edwards wasn't actually that bad. Wow. That's a stinking opinion. That's a stinking opinion. The only thing Ryan Edwards done well was wind up Hearts fans when he tweeted about us beating them. <laughs> that was the best thing he done the entire time yeah, he was true. there. Ryan Edwards' was, uh, second touch was his handshake at the end of the game. He's, he is a shocking footballer. He's up there with one of my worst ever summer players, and that's no mean feat. <laughs> <laughs> and then did he not then leave and go on and score the winner in the Scottish Cup final? No, he, 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 he got beat. 1-0 up. Yeah. Despite doing absolutely fuck all for the 12 months <laughs> previous when he was at us, <laughs> he, he, was, he was really bad. To, to think at one point we played away from home but Dundee drew one each and had him and Lee Hodson playing centre midfield that's fucking scandalous how <laughs> that terrorist Kearney managed to get away with that Orn Kearney legend am I imagining it or did we play Celtic at home and Edwards came on as a sub and get booked within the first minute after coming on the pitch, like literally ran on and marked someone from a throw in and, and levelled them uh, I think was that the game was that the game we're doing at an H? I'm sure he came on and <laughs> sure he came on and wiped some do it. He, he just never he never done anything right. <laughs> it's, it's a, and I bet he, I bet any money he's a really nice guy, but he, I just he came on. He tried his hardest. And his hardest was still absolutely push. I don't know if you saw um, Romeo Beckham's highlights for his debut oh my days. for Fort Lauderdale where his highlight package was two misplaced passes and him getting subbed off but, <laughs> and, a, and like, an awful that, awful cross as well yeah oh, so so pissed but that's to my mind that's Ryan Edwards I'm sure he's I'm sure he's sound I'm sure he I'm sure he tries but that's a guy that you look at and you think how is this like his third or fourth football contract how do people continue to sign him to play football because he doesn't have the technique or the or the positioning or whatever else just absolutely wild. I saw him play for Thistle a couple of times. He was good. Shite there. I <sighs> thought it was, it, not so, it was quite good, was it not for them? I don't know. Uh, to be fair, I, I, I can't really see I've seen a lot of him, but they, they finished in the top six and he played quite a lot of games, so... See, see, just mentioning uh, Ryan Edwards, it's it's gave me flashbacks, and I forgot to bring this up because I was doing some research for a uh, podcast I had to do for uh, the Terrace, and um, see Cole Kepa- Kepikawa or whatever. <laughs> we're okay. Aye, when when he, I didn't realize when he like I know he gets sent off in his debut. I didn't realize he gets sent off nine minutes into the match, broke the leg of an eighteen-year-old player, and, uh, which resulted in a double fracture and. <laughs> was given a six-month ban by the Slovak Football Association because of it. I, I remember reading this thing and apparently he got the ban because he, he meant it, he admitted he meant it, but that would, that I'm fucking well impressed at the fact he managed to get near somebody to make a tackle uh-huh. because he's never done it in the whole time he was at us. It's only showed that sort of desire that he played with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he now plays for uh, Hemel Hempstead Town, if you want to know. Fair enough, and works in a pub. Uh, Good luck to him. <laughs> Um, Josh Eaton, so, in Australia. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, I did, we did get that. And I can't remember who it was that sent it in. Now it's maybe David David McGeoch or someone that sent the one in before that, for an unpopular opinion that Josh Eaton was a professional footballer. 
it's fair enough. No, I believe he is a bricklayer in Australia, not a professional footballer. So I think that question takes care of itself. An absolutely phenomenal bricklayer at that. I mean, oh, the potential in the boy. Oh. Alan Stubbs is going to sign up and do his conservatory. <laughs> With um, absolutely no question of who's paying for it. <laughs> yeah, no. Alan Stubbs of the Vardy Academy, no question whatsoever no. about who's playing for that. Hell, they get some anyway. though. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Ryan Edwards wasn't actually that bad as a certified unpopular opinion. And uh, last one up from a regular contactor of the podcast and holder of shite opinions, Ra Davidson, twenty-two. <laughs> This is our town, this is our team over the tannoy before the match is wanky and needs bend. Ross, you can take the floor first. Yeah, I don't need I don't think I need to say anything else other than that. It's fucking horrendous. I hate hearing it every second Saturday. It's manufactured nonsense. And uh, the guy tries to shoehorn it into every <coughs> home game. There's even times where he's not even gave up the ghost. The game's in play. And he's still fucking yakking this shite down the tannoy. Just, there's no need for it. It's just fucking Americanized wanky nonsense. And it should be well away for some on part. So I'd, I'd like to make two points in response to that. First, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind it. It's fine. I think it's pretty harmless. I don't mind there being something said instead of it just being the usual boring pish. So I think it's fine. Second of all, would you rather have that or DJ Phil saying literally anything else? Because I know what my answer is. Uh, I wouldn't have fell anywhere near the stadium, but that's a different story for a different day. But, uh, yeah. No, well, I'll give you that, Mark, aye, to be fair. But I don't I think know, about I, it, I, to annoy, to be honest. I think it's a lot. I, of think, uh, I think even like, some of the stuff that Phil used to do, it just wasn't funny. Like playing like the Deliverance tune when he played Rangers and that. It's well done. You know, it's hysterical. I fought at my seat laughing. Nah, I think just stick to reading the teams out, shouting "Come on, ye saints!" at the start. And I, I, I just think when the players are coming at the tunnel, uh, lining up, referees ready to blow his whistle. We're all ready just to sit down and watch the game. We don't need. There's no reminded that I'm for Paisley. There's no moment. For, it's not even our. It's not even our turn. Hardly anybody goes and follows. Is the more goals. <laughs> It's 80% Rangers and Celtics. Aye, I just, uh, aye, for me, I just don't like manufactured atmosphere and kind of wee quirks like that. It's a game of football. Teams are at the tunnel ready to play. Let's just sit and watch the game, you know. That's just me being a weirdo. Safe to say you've not let it bother you anyway. It doesn't, but I've just thought for a while that it's just a lot of shit, you know, especially as the game, the when the game's in play and you still try to get this sentence, that's, that riles me, just shut up. You can usually, if you listen really carefully, just as he finishes saying it, you can actually hear Ross in the in the Westland giving it. <laughs> ah, you know, fucking hell! <laughs> so I, I, I don't know where we're, we're landing on that. I think I think I make a convincing case that if it's between that or a return to the previous ways, then Baron Campbell do what you want. I know. To be fair, I, 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 I just because I know it annoys Ross, I'd encourage him to come up with a different <laughs> one every game. Just something else that's a bit Americanized. Even make it longer. Yeah, yeah, make read, it longer. Read out that full Tom Urie speech from before the semi-final last year. Get, get Michael Buffer in. Just get yeah. Michael Buffer in. This is our town. This is our team. Remember, uh, is it Michael Buffer that doesn't play Scottish Cup final? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to concede in the first half. <laughs> I think uh, 
if it was a choice between listening to Campbell say that or sign on to the telly for an away game and listening endlessly slaughter our own players uh, I think it's probably quite the bit at the start of the home games to be honest because that's probably worse than uh, the shite just before the, the whistle goes at the home games it was almost a compliment Almost, ah, almost something nice. Ah, almost something nice. I mean, for Ross, that's a, that's a that's a that's a big thing. So, <laughs> best of luck to you in bringing that up at the Smiza meeting next month as well, Ross. I know you're <laughs> down and asking that. So, so I, I think that's a certified unpopular opinion. That's fine. That's one of my shouted down. Any ramblings than it's anyone else's opinion, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us to the the end of this week's unpopular opinions. Thank you. Um, remember, you can follow us on social medias, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, and our merch store is misery-hunters.tml.com. Link is in the bio. I will say that this t-shirt that we have coming up is probably the best one yet. So keep an eye out for that. I'm actually quite excited for it myself. Uh, I've seen. It the- says, this is our town. <laughs> this is our team. We have picture then- a big, big show at the back. <laughs> <laughs> and Lee Irwin in the scud on the front. Yeah, it's a peach. But yeah, as, as always, um, I'm just going to go with a simple classic. Fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Ryan Porteous. Fuck that guy that doesn't like black pudding. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck. Jake Doyle Hayes, Kyle McGinnis, and Paul McGinn. And Craig Sampson. And Craig Dwight. And the Kitman. And Craig Dwight. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.